Well, good morning again. And as we continue with our sermon series, this is the third week of it, of beneath the surface of our lives and self-management of our lives. Josh Tandy gave us from Anderson University, gave us a good message last Sunday uh, with his perspective on this. But today, we're going to deal with something that may not be associated with our self-management and God put together, and that's our emotions. All right, now, I see every guy in the church kind of settling down into their seat, <laughs> saying we're not really going to talk about this, but we are. We are. And the other question that comes to your mind, for those who know me well, is what could Keith possibly know about this? <laughs> and, and to be fair, that's a fair question. Okay, so that's why we have Amber. Okay. I'm just going to help her out some. And I think most all everybody, if you're a guest, you may not know Amber, but Amber is our children's minister or pastor here at Cicero Christian Church, uh, graduated from Johnson Bible College, which is now Johnson University in 2010, and came on staff in 2011 as the children's minister. She was ordained into this church in 20, or ordained into service to God, but through this church, yeah, yeah, one or the other, in 2019, and has been with us. Um, right now, Amber is working towards her graduate degree at Hope International in counseling. And here in a little bit, you're going to find out why that's very, very <laughs> fitting. But I've enjoyed knowing Amber for a lot of years now. We go way back, which is part of the reason I get the pleasure of introducing her and doing this with her. Uh, all the way back to around 2000, well, it goes all farther back than that, back in 1996, when I was first baptized into Christ at the old church up on Pearl Street. Uh, her dad was my first Sunday school teacher and, and gave me a thirst for knowledge of Christ and, and really learned a lot through him. Uh, time warp ahead a little bit. In the early 2000s, they became a missionary family out in uh, Arizona with the Native American people of the White Mountain Apaches. And I got involved in that ministry and spent a lot of time on the White Mountain Apache Reservation and inadvertently spent a lot of time with Amber <laughs> at that time when she was just a little, a little, different. little bit different. <laughs> um, while she was at Johnson, my youngest daughter was also at Johnson, and I was talking to her yesterday, and she said she spent more than one evening kind of downloading in Amber's room and just weighing out the things of that troublesome young lady. So that the history goes back with Amber for quite a while. So good to have you, Amber. It's good to have you, you talking about some of these things with us. Thanks. I appreciate that. Uh, we have some pictures. Um, be cool, guys, okay, uh, of me when I was little with Cicero Christian Church. Uh, so this is about 1997, 96, uh, somewhere about there, and uh, I'm in the far right there with those cool sandals and the matching fit. Um, so <laughs> uh, our, our family has been really connected to Cicero Christian Church for a long time, and it has a, a very special piece of my heart. So it's an honor to be here with you guys. Mm -hmm. So, very good, Amber. So, when we talk about emotions and God and all of that, that encompasses a lot of things, understanding. Yeah. Laughter's an emotion, right? I sh yeah, I hope so. Who I do is somebody lot. in your life that can just make you laugh just by looking at them? Uh, my daughter, Ruby. You See? Some of y'all know. Um, uh, she... 
is an insane person in the best way. She uh, is just unapologetically herself at four. Uh, and she just walks into a room and she's like, yeah, this is all mine now. Thank you so much. Um, but she is hilarious. And uh, I just look at her and giggle daily. <laughs> um, I've got a question for you, if you're up for it. Maybe. <laughs> it's okay. Safe space. Um, what do you love to celebrate? Because that's an emotion. That's an emotion. Okay, yes. love There's to celebrate. There's a scene here, almost. You know? Okay, yeah, I kind of yeah. see it coming. Uh, love to celebrate. I like to celebrate ends of seasons. And that may sound strange to you, but it, it, it's, it's kind of moving into a different area. Like, I'm in agriculture. I'm a farmer, and fall is very, very busy. I love every part of it. It's exhilarating, a lot going on. Don't raise crops, but we buy on blah, blah, blah. But when it's over, I celebrate that because it's time to move on to something else. Even in life, I like to celebrate the seasons. I remember when my last son went off to college. And as odd as it sounds, I, I, you know, in a way you're sad to see him go, but I celebrated that. Darla, my wife, did not. <laughs> and that talks about the different sides of that. You know, she was yeah. in the corner crying while I was celebrating. And, you know, it's like, what's up with that? You know, so it's kind of neat how we, we process differently the emotions of events like that and, and the celebration being one of them. We would celebrate totally different things. Yeah. 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 So when you get too much going on, and what do you have to make time for. You're busy, I'm busy, everybody in this room is busy. What do you have to do to make time for the important things? Oh gosh, um, a lot. <laughs> More than, than we have time to unpack. Um, but I think something that, that I struggle with um, is making time for myself. I have a really hard time doing things that I just enjoy or things that aren't productive. Um, usually if I'm doing something kind of mindless that's not productive, it's because I'm avoiding something else I'm supposed to be doing. And so I don't really enjoy it as much because I'm avoiding something, right? Um, and so I, I need to learn to create more space um, for myself and the things that, that I enjoy um, because my brain kind of constantly goes. Uh, and so I, I have to be very intentional about time that I take for my family, time that I take for my friends, and time that I take for myself. Yeah, very, very good. You're up. Um, what life lesson has been the hardest for you to learn? You know, that... that that's interesting. You know, one could answer that from a lot of different angles, yeah. right? But I, I think if I encompass it all in, into this subject matter, even with emotions and and in our walk with Christ, I think the lesson that's been hardest for me to learn, and I'm still learning, is I don't need to understand everything right now. Mm. It's amazing how often I I ponder back and see what God did 15 years ago in my life. Yeah. And at the time. I had no idea. It, it seemed crazy, some of the things that has happened. It's been kind of a storied life in a lot of ways. And, and so I think that's it. And now when I, when I, you know, who hasn't been there where you're looking at God and saying, what are you doing, right? Absolutely. And, you know, I've learned to say, I trust you. It's okay. Not, I'm not really good at it sometimes <laughs> because I still want to know. Yeah. But I've accepted that I don't need to know right away. 
and that somewhere, somewhere down the road, it'll be revealed. Maybe. <laughs> and maybe it won't. Yeah, yeah. But we just have to trust that. So Amber, we talked about the Arizona mission, mm-hmm. and, and you've had a passion for counseling, dealing with folks. I, I got a testimony, someone told me this week that they had called you concerning something just to get some solid advice mm-hmm. on something, and they were, they were so respectful of, of your time and all of What got you motivated? Did it have anything to do with the Arizona mission and the time spent with the, with, uh, the Native Americans and, and the Apache Indians? Because, you know, they struggle mm-hmm. like we all do, but they yeah. struggle maybe a little more with emotional balance. Mm-hmm. I mean, the suicide, teen suicide rate on the roof. Through the roof. The, it, yeah. through the roof. Uh, arguably, the highest uh, in the White Mountains is the highest of any place in the country. Was that what kind of leaned you into your desire to learn more about the mind and emotions? Did that have a part to play in that? Um, yeah, it, it definitely did. Um, it's, it impacts you to be surrounded by so much struggle. Um, but I think the thing that, that really catapulted me even more than the, just being immersed in Native American culture um, was my family's response to it. Um, like Keith already mentioned, my, my family has been in ministry for years and years, um, and there's a lot of beauty in that, but there's a lot of hardship in that too. And we did not always deal with things um, the best way that we could. And so we kind of had to figure that out. Um, and I saw how my parents responded to it. I saw how my siblings responded to it. Um, and I wanted to respond differently. Um, we have gotten used to having difficult conversations as a family. They're not going to listen to this and be surprised by anything that I have to say. Um, but our, our family was built on a lot of um, piety and appearance. Um, and we didn't really talk about what was going on beneath the surface. We just kind of let that be. Uh, so we were almost like ducks, you know, how they're like calm and collected on, on top of the water, then underneath they're like doing this, <laughs> you know? Um, it was kind of like that. And so it was a combination of, of what witnessing full-time ministry was like and my family's response to that um, that really kind of started the ball rolling. Yeah, and Amber, I think every one of us in this room can relate to that at some level, yeah. right? To where, mm-hmm. I mean, somewhere when we think through our life, situation, mm-hmm. we can say, yeah, I kind of get that, what you went through. So now you're dealing yeah. with a different way or learning a different way Trying to self-manage. And yeah. it, it's interesting that that, that, that kind of thrusts you into that of saying, I want to do differently. Is yeah. that, that's the bottom line, right? Yeah. And I want to help others do differently. Mm-hmm. So what does self-management mean to you? What, do, what does that look like? What, and what, what would you tell us about what self-management means in a nutshell that could be the yeah, rest of the talk a, i know but, yeah. but just kind of kind of ease us into this <laughs> i'll do my best to limit it um to to me it's just about being aware of yourself being aware of your emotions being aware of your experiences your pain and all of those things just in a healthy way you know not that we want to um be completely controlled by our emotions but just to be aware of what is going on within us because emotions seep. So if we act like they're not there or we don't want to deal with them, 
then they usually continue to kind of bubble to the surface. And so to me, self-management is being aware of those things and figuring out the best way to, to lean on God in that moment and to figure out how to deal with those emotions and process them in a healthy way. Yeah, and that's interesting. You know, we, we, we kind of know to, to lean on God through the emotions and mm-hmm. you know, a, a lot of stuff that, you know, we have some level. Yeah. But until I reviewed your notes, which I did, until I reviewed your notes, there was a comment in them that said, God can speak to us through our emotions. And honestly, <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever really considered that. Yeah. To me, emotions have always maybe been a response to something. But tell us more about your thoughts on the, the fact that God speaks to us through our emotions. That's just mm-hmm. something I haven't got my head around yet, and I'm not, not really sure what that looks like. Yeah. Uh, I think that uh, emotions are indicators. They're not something that we want to control us, right? It's, we all kind of know in this room that it can be unhealthy to make a purely emotional decision or have a purely emotional response to something, um, but they usually are indicators of something that's going on a little bit deeper. Uh, so just figuring out some good questions to ask yourself, like, why am I overreacting? I do this all the time. <laughs> I overreact with my children, I, old, I overreact with people that I work with. Um, it's just something that I have a tendency to do. And so I have to stop and I have to ask myself, okay, why am I overreacting? Why am I giving something that's here a reaction from here? Like it just doesn't quite, quite make sense. What is, what is my anger trying to tell me? Why am I hurt? Why am I afraid? Um, and really just trying to get to the heart of what those things are. Um, a lot of times, I will also say that it's easier to feel anger. Like, angers are more acceptable emotion as a society, right? Like, you can get righteous anger and you can be hurt, and of course, you're allowed to be angry, and you are allowed to be angry. But usually, there's another negative emotion along with that. Maybe you're fearful, maybe your feelings are hurt, maybe you're sad. Um, Those are all very real things. And so kind of noticing what you're feeling and doing some work internally to kind of figure out what it is that's really causing that emotional reaction within you. So how do we sort that out? You know, we acknowledge that God uses emotions sometimes, but emotions can be incredibly misleading, correct? Definitely. And they can be overwhelming. Yeah. So how do we sort out where that comes from if I'm feeling overwhelmed, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm having bad emotions? You know, as you say, anger is okay sometimes. Yeah. It, I've had anger that isn't okay. Yeah. What's from God? What isn't? How, how, did, how do we get that discernment of saying God's speaking to me through these emotions or he's not, this is mine? How do we sort that out? Yeah, I think it's important to remember that we are more than what we feel and God's goodness is beyond our circumstance. So if we know those things are true, then we can look at our emotions in a way that's freeing. Um, Something that has become incredibly helpful to me is creating lists of truths. Um, When I am overwhelmed, when I feel insecure, when I am struggling with depression, Whatever the thing is that's currently on my plate that's overwhelming to me, um, I will literally get a piece of paper and I will write down things that I know to be true. 
Um, I did this when I started grad school. When I started grad school, I was very just insecure and like, I just don't know. School never came very naturally to me. Like, what am I doing? I'm like 35 and I'm going back to school. What's happening? Like, I already did all this. And I had to, uh, I didn't have to, it was helpful to me to make a list of, of things that I needed to remember. Um, and that's that it was okay to fail, that I was capable, and that more importantly, I, I believe God had called me to that work. And so kind of remembering what's true. And the best way to remember what's true is to read this. What does God have to say about what you're believing about yourself, what God is believing about your situation? All of those things go together in a way that I think is, is really powerful. I, I wanna share a verse with you guys. This is 2 Corinthians. This is chapter 10, verse four. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, we have divine power to demolish strongholds. We can demolish our strongholds with God's truth, putting what we are feeling, what we are thinking, what we are experiencing through the lens of, of what God has for us allows us to shake off maybe some of the things that we're believing to be true that aren't really reflective of, of God and, and what he wants for us. So a stronghold and a negative emotion, would you call those the same thing or would, would you draw a line between those? I would draw a little bit of a line. I would okay. draw it in pencil. I wouldn't draw in pen. Um, I think that um, emotions are healthy. Um, it's, it's good to feel. Um, a lot of times it, it lets us know that it's something that we care about deeply, right? Because we're, we have such a strong reaction to it. Um, but we don't wanna be controlled by those things. And so remembering that we have divine connection, divine power through who God is and what God has for us um, will kind of allow us, you know, to, you mentioned anger earlier, it's a great one. It's okay to be angry. What we don't wanna be is resentful and bitter. There's, there's no room for that in, in the kingdom of God. And so kind of realizing usually what I have learned for myself, that the more I try to not feel something, the more I feel it. So if I'm trying to not be sad, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep going, I'm gonna do something I enjoy, I'm gonna watch something that I think is funny, I'm, I'm gonna listen to a song that I like that resonates with my spirit. Um, a lot of times I will feel more sad. It's not until I let myself kind of sit in that and see what that sadness has to say to me, what God has to say to me through that sadness that I'm able to kind of move beyond it. So I, I think that the, both are important. Okay, but we still have to, to acknowledge that negative. I mean, my wife married a full-blooded German and I don't know if anybody else is married to one of those, but she says it's <laughs> challenging sometimes. Sure. You know, the way that we, we don't really talk about emotions. Yeah. A whole lot. Is it okay to struggle with them? I, I, I mean, you acknowledge that that was a bit of not a thing to do in your family, maybe. Yeah. It, it maybe wasn't a good thing to do in my family. Do we embrace it? What's the difference between embracing it and struggling with it? How do you get your head around? Because, you know, it's going to happen, right? Yeah. It's going to happen when Today, you get these probably. emotions Heads that up. are less than healthy. <laughs> yeah. It's okay to struggle with it, or do you push them back, or, or how do you go down that? 
Uh, I think it's absolutely okay to struggle with it. Um, I think we have all felt anger. I think we've all felt sadness. We've all felt fear. More and more of us are feeling anxiety, um, which all kinds of, of physical sensations are happening to you when you feel those things, right? You, your pulse goes up. If you're like me, your hands get sweaty and clammy and gross. <laughs> um, so there's all kinds of things going on. Um, and we want to be aware of, of those things, you know, because not talking about it doesn't make that emotion go away. And I think that was the belief growing up, was like, okay, if we, if we don't talk about it, if we act like it's not there, then it's not there. And we don't have to worry about it. We don't have to deal with it. But then, as emotions can do, it seeps. And then instead of being full to hear with anger, you're full to hear. And so the slightest thing goes wrong and things are not okay. Ugh, they put two sugars in my coffee instead of one. <laughs> you know, little things like that that really shouldn't have any bearing on our day or on our perspective can really derail us if we don't address everything beneath the surface. So I think that, that talking about it is healthy. I think boundaries are just as important. You know, I, I'm not gonna go to my children and talk about my marriage, right? Um, that, that's not healthy for anybody. But there's a way to acknowledge what you're feeling um, in a way that's just honest and vulnerable. And, and I think the same is true for God. God knows what we're feeling. God knows what we're thinking. But how beautiful to be able to actually tell him that and say, you know what? I just got to be honest. I'm really struggling today. I'm not quite sure why, but I'm just really angry. I'm overreacting a lot. I'm just really sad. And, and inviting God into that, inviting the people that God has placed in your life into that, I think can, can bring you closer with your relationships, but also bring you closer with God. You know, like um, following Jesus is, is not easy. And I think we all know that. Um, and so being honest and, and vulnerable um, within a healthy boundary with the people around you, I, I think is a healthier way to deal with those instead of kind of shoving them into the corner because they're uncomfortable. Yeah, but, but you know, sometimes that's hard to do. And I, I think most of us in here would have had those experience with friends, acquaintances, or relatives yeah. that have fallen away from their faith. Mm-hmm. A lot of it because of an emotion that overwhelmed them mm-hmm. and they pushed this away rather than embraced it. Yeah. And, and we feel a little helpless at the moment mm-hmm. because our best advice is to get into the word and to turn to and all these things, and, and sometimes that's just not the message that wants to be received. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like if you go to the doctor and you're overweight and he says to eat better, it's like, no, not, that's, I want something else. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So how do we, is there a stepping stone for all of us who, who, who are visiting with people? I'm sure a lot of us have this week visited with people who are falling away and don't want to hear. Is there a stepping stone that we can ease into to restoring somebody emotionally into their faith? Whew. Didn't see that question. coming, did you? <laughs> no, I didn't, All but right. I like it a lot. Okay. Um, I, yes, and I think that um, a, a lot of times when we see somebody, especially someone we care about, falling away from the faith, we, we get a little antsy, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Like, we care deeply about them. We know that God cares deeply about them. And so we want to bring them in to, to what God has for them and, and what God is doing. And I, um, I have very dear friends 
uh, numerous friends that um, are very near and dear to my heart that do not believe in God, that do not go to church. And they grew up going to church and have been very hurt by um, various things that they just experienced. And what I have found to be helpful um, is just to be authentic, um, to not hide how, how God is moving in my life. I'm not, I don't want to necessarily project that on them. It's, it's healthier. It's better for them to choose for themselves. Um, but to be, uh, that's where, you know, we kind of keep coming back to being honest and being vulnerable. And, and being honest and vulnerable around those people about how you struggle um, can be a, a big deal. And so I think just kind of resting in who you are, resting in, in who God made you to be and what God is doing in your life can speak volumes to them without being too, too pushy or antsy because we care so much about them. Yeah, so, so do you think that is true or, or are we inventing something here that when people fall away from their faith that it is tied to an emotional response? Is that, is that a thing? I've never really considered that before, that that, that, that is a bit of a rather than a disbelief? Does that make sense or is that It, it does that make sense. I think, it's, I think that does happen. I don't think it's the only reason people mm-hmm. step away from their faith. Um, I think it, it could be that. It could be um, just for further knowledge and something else that makes you doubt what, what God says is true um, or, or even how other Christians respond to their struggle. Um, that, that seems to be the more common thing. Um, is, is other Christians' response to, to what's happening in, in their relationships, and um, which is why like, even getting back to self-management is so important because how we manage ourselves, how we show up, and, and who God made us and what God has for us impacts not just us, but the, the people around us as well. Very good. Well, we've got a few, uh, just a couple minutes left here. Open mic time. Just what Open would you love <laughs> to share with our congregation here this morning on self-management as it comes to emotional health, emotional balance. And if you can wrap those all up, what would be a message that you would like for us all to go home and just say, think about this, it could change your life? Oh, gosh, no what? pressure. Keith. No, none. Think about it, it would change you your life. Oh, man. Um, I, I think that just that emotion is okay that it can teach us, um, that God has something for us through our emotion that, that we want to be aware of, that we can grow in. Um, and, and there's just a lot of beauty in that. Um, and I will we'll say there are some differences between feeling sad and being depressed. So there does get to a point where you're just not able to function really well. Your mind won't stop going with anxious thoughts. You're living in constant fear in a way that keeps you from showing up in the lives of the people that you love and keeps you from leaning into to what God has. Um, when that happens, that's a great time to get some professional help. Um, everybody goes through periods of sadness. Everybody goes through anxiety. Um, the last couple of years have taught us that. Right, like we we can't run from it. Um, But I want to share just this scripture that has been incredibly helpful for me. Like when I think about emotions and and what I experience and and what God has to say about that. Um, And this is Psalms uh, Psalm 19, and this is verses one through four. 
Um, so I'm going to read it a little slow, and I would really like you guys just to, this is, honestly, if, if we could leave this place, um, I hope this is, is the word that just takes root in your heart and your spirit. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth in their words to the ends of the world. If creation cries out, why went away? We're a part of, of God's creation. And if God cares about all of these things, how much more does he care about us and what's going on in our hearts, what's going on in our spirit? Those are all important things to God because we're made in God's image. So how we feel about ourselves, what we believe to be true about ourselves should be reflective of, of who God is. And if there's a disconnect there, then I encourage you to look into God's word, find some verses that speak to you, and really rely on God's truth so that that's the loudest thing in your head. Fantastic. Thank you. You're so welcome. Would you close us out in prayer? I would and love we'll to. go and see if we can manage our emotions. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we can do it. All right, let's pray. God, we just come before you thankful. Thankful for friendship, thankful for conversations. And thank you just for creating space for us to deal with difficult things. God, there is nothing in our head, on our heart, and our spirit that you cannot handle. God, I pray that you would be with us. Help us to be able to discern what's true what's godly. God, that we would respond from this deep knowing of you to situations that are difficult, to emotions that are difficult. God, I pray that you would help us see people within our lives that are safe, that we can trust, that we can be vulnerable with, that we can lean on together to fully embrace who God is and what God has for us. In your name we pray, amen. Okay, thank you, Amber. And we You're will so see welcome. you all next week. And go out and be salt and light to the world that truly needs it. Mm-hmm.